welcome to Suspish. I'm Andy. And I'm Kelly. And she always has to jump in the intro. <laughs> she cannot not do an intro. I cannot not do it. She took over my intro. <laughs> All you said was hello and welcome. Like you sounded like. It was better than yo, yo, yo. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> like I can't. You're showing that you're a mom. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me, okay? Not yo, yo, yo. We have to figure it out. We'll get there. We'll get there. We Hello, have... welcome to Suspish. Was not it either. <laughs> I did not sound like you freaking count. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Welcome to Suspish. Here we are. Is better than yo, yo, yo. We can have a poll about this. <laughs> Please send your <laughs> intro suggestions to suspishpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Thank you. So we do have some business to handle this morning. Some business. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, we do have two updates on two of our cases. Hell yeah, we do. So <clears throat> I have an update on the Delphi case. Um, on November 22nd, Richard Allen appeared in court to determine okay. whether... Right, literally. Or not, court records would remain sealed in regards to this case. Because remember, won't. they... <laughs> They um, sealed all the records of, you know, the probable cause affidavit, like why he was arrested to begin with. So CBS worker, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea where you were going with that at first. I was like, what? I thought you meant CBS, like the channel. <laughs> we're calling out CBS now, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, his defense attorney suggested that if the probable cause affidavit for the arrest was released, it would create more questions than answers, which was weird. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like Repeat that. that. Yeah. Carroll County Prosecutor Nick McLeland mm-hmm. released a statement in response to this and said, the Carroll County Prosecutor's Office appreciates the judge hearing our arguments yesterday morning and looks forward to her ruling. As I stated in court yesterday, we strongly believe that the evidence shows Richard Allen was involved in the murder of Libby and Abby. Because the investigation is ongoing and given intense public interest, we think it would be best if the documents remain sealed. Regardless of the ruling, we believe we have a very solid case against Mr. Allen and look forward to making our argument in trial. So some of the information from the probable cause affidavit was released. Um, so in the affidavit, it said that investigators found an unspent but ejected 40 caliber shell. Oh, shit. Like a bullet. Which was found between the two girls' bodies. Ooh. Yeah. Um, so I didn't really know what, like, I didn't know anything about bullets or anything because I don't really care. <laughs> but so I looked it up. So I didn't know this, but when a bullet is ejected from a pistol, it, like, le- like the ejection process leaves, like, a mark on the shell that can be tied directly back to the firearm that it, was like, came from, mm-hmm. came out of. Um, so the marks on the shell that was found next to these bodies match directly to a pistol owned by Richard Allen. So he didn't. He claims he didn't. But, like, in the interviews, they, like, asked him, like, would anybody else have access to your firearm? Or, like, would you let anyone borrow it? And he says, uh, no. Mm-hmm. Like, bitch, if you, like. Then then what's like, your like, reason? Then what's your. You your... did it then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They also found that he was on the same bridge <clears throat> the girls were on at the, around the same time that they were there. Um, according to the affidavit. Um, in one of the videos recorded by the girls, remember we got that one video of like the guy following him, mm-hmm. but I guess there's more videos that oh, were shit. unreleased. Um, I think that was only like a partial of the video. 
but so in one of the videos that was recorded a man is seeing approaching the girls and one of these girls says gun no yeah were they shot um they didn't release what happened to them but i'm assuming based on the evidence that we have now it, it seems like they were shot um during the court appearance um nick leland the prosecutor also said that there was good reason to believe that alan is not the only one involved oh shit which is ominous as fuck <laughs> yeah is it a whole cvs ring Um, Alan's attorneys have also filed a motion to have his trial moved outside of Carroll County. Why? Oh, okay. Um, they stated that Google trends in, like, searching their client's name in Carroll County range between 1,000 and 10,000 searches for a county with just 20,000 residents. Mm-hmm. Well, no fucking shit. Yeah. That's how life works. Especially yeah. nowadays with trials like this. People look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, he stated that this would taint the jury and it also is stated that Alan, because he worked at CPS, was well known in the community, thus limiting the jury selection to how many people actually like knew him personally. Like Richard. You killed two Dick, girls. if you will. Dick Dick Allen. You weren't that you weren't that popular. He ain't that popular. And... Um currently Alan is being held without bond in a state facility. A bail hearing is scheduled for February seventeenth, twenty twenty three, at the request of his defense team. Cool. So we'll see. How that goes. If he gets out on bail, I will literally riot. Let's riot. <laughs> Let's riot. Let's start a riot. So that was my update on the Delphi case. And hopefully, I feel like there's more information that they maybe didn't, like, release yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, there but uh, Yeah. But that's lot. just what has been released. This literally came out last night. I, like, already wrote this up stating that they went to court to release these documents. Mm-hmm. But then I look back and they released them. By the time after I already had written this up, so yeah. I had to go back and change it. So it's crazy how fast things work because there's like there's a lot of things going on in the true crime world right now. Yeah. So we got a lot. We got our work cut out for us. So there's a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what we've all been waiting for <laughs> for weeks now, we've got an update on Mister Mister Daryl Brooks. Ugh. I, I like almost don't want to hear it because it's, it's good. good. It's good. <laughs> I almost don't want to it's, hear it. It's something. So we'll do like a quick recap. Go watch, I believe it was episode two. I think so. For my coverage of the trial, he was convicted of all 76 accounts stemming from the attack on the Christmas parade, um, including six accounts of first degree intentional homicide with the use of a dangerous weapon, which was his car. <laughs> um... For striking and killing six individuals and striking 68 um, in Wisconsin. After a wild trial, he was finally sentenced on November 15th, six days before the anniversary of the fatal event. Um, he was sentenced to, he was given life sentences for all six individuals he killed, which is able to, which he's able to conserve, serve consecutively. Well, no shit, they're life sentences. How many lives does this guy want? He's not a fucking cat. Um, but he is packed with hundreds of years with all the other charges that up. Daryl Brooks probably thinks he could, like, survive those hundreds of years yeah, and, like, yeah, come yeah. out the other <laughs> side. He's, like, a demon or something. Um, Judge Darrow sentenced Brooks to 17 and a half years for each of the 61 counts of first degree recklessly endangering with safety with the use of a dangerous weapon. She said, you have absolutely no remorse for anything you do. You have no empathy for anyone. 
frankly, Mr. Brooks, no one is safe around you. Ooh. Yeah. What'd he say to that? Because he probably said something. Yeah, he probably... Um, we'll get to him. <laughs> In addition to the... He was charged with a total of 762 and a half years. <laughs> the half a year really just gets yeah. me. <laughs> Rebecca's endangerment. She added three years for two bail jumping charges and nine months for domestic battery. Okay, so for the attack that occurred before. Yep. Um, she says the lengthy prison term is necessary to keep the community safe. To do anything less would be an unduly depreciate the seriousness of these offenses. Which I get. Yeah. It is needed, although largely symbolic, given the numbers of years that I've imposed here today, because you frankly deserve it. No shit. So, what did Mr. Brooks have to say about it? Here's what Mr. Brooks has to say about it. I feel like he's like a fictional character. <laughs> yeah. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> it's something. So, we our craziness starts again. For some godforsaken reason, he was allowed to speak for two hours. What did he speak about? Is it like a filibuster? <laughs> I said, I have a lot of quotes, so I'm just going to let him speak for himself. <clears throat> We, we do not have to add any of the comedy here to break up the tension. <laughs> it's just straight comedy. <clears throat> the why. The how. How could life ever get this far away from what it should be? Regardless of what people may think about me, about who I am, about my family, about my, about my beliefs, I know who I am. God knows who I am. I don't have any words of anger. Oh, brother, this guy sucks! <laughs> <laughs> He's got no words of anger. He promised not to throw shots at anyone and take the high road. But then definitely throw shots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but in the most on-brand of actions, he proceeded to attack the district attorney, Susan Opper, on her integrity, saying she will never respect how she did her job, claiming his crimes were none of his her concern. <laughs> this is the guy who was also a sovereign citizen, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's the prosecutor. But his crimes are not. Mind your business. (laughs) He said, mind your business. (laughs) They are none of your concern. Not even a little bit. Like, what? Is he okay? No. Did anyone psych about him? Yeah. What did he say? We'll get there. Oh, okay. I couldn't remember if it was in the last one or this. Brooke's grandmother apologized on his behalf. His grandma. His poor grandma. She's His probably grandma like, I mom. am so sorry. <laughs> she said she wished that he would apologize. And he seemingly listens to Granny. Oh, yeah? But only because Granny said it. He said, I want you to know I'm not only sorry for what happened. I'm sorry that you cannot see what's truly in my heart. That you cannot see the remorse I have. That you cannot count all the tears I've dropped this year. Bullshit. Horseshit. <laughs> the word of the day is horseshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. Obviously bullshit. And he made it about him. You cannot see how great my heart is. You cannot see the remorse. <laughs> Sorry, I killed six people and ran over 68. <laughs> um, Brooks' family's testimony focused on his mental health. And Judge Darrow made it clear this is not the case, saying that he had four mental evaluations that proved he knew right from wrong. Ooh, bird. <laughs> and she said, there is no medication or treatment for a heart that is bent on evil. Although, like, I do feel like there is just something not correct in his brain. Oh, yeah. I mean, he definitely just, knows right just, from wrong. Just wait. I did not tell you about this. But he definitely it is, is hilarious. He's got an, he's got an he gets, he gets an interview before he was sent. <clears throat> oh, boy. Who gave him an interview? New York Post. 
It's always a fun That's right. It's hilarious. They did not get an interview from him. Many of the victims' families themselves gave their impact statements, some forgiving the killers, and other wanted to make sure he got the largest sentence possible. Which is fair. Grieve in your own way. <clears throat> For sure. Grieve in your own way. But I would try to kill in the courtroom. Yeah. <laughs> I also have more information on the six fatalities. Oh boy, I'm not ready for this. I don't think I was not expecting this. There's Virginia. I'm not expecting to cry today. They are Virginia Sorensen, Jane Glitch, who was 52, Jason Sparks, who was eight. Oh my God, stop. Tamara Durand, which was 52, Leon, 71. They were all killed. Sparks was walking behind his baseball team during the parade. Oh my God. Duran, <laughs> Owen, and Sorensen were a part of a parade. A part of the parade as the Milwaukee Dancing Grannies group. Oh my god. They were dancing That sounds like grannies. the most wholesome thing that so I've ever... So he did not only go through the crowd. These people were in the parade. Yeah, that's what it seems like, right? Yeah. Are we ready for one of the craziest bits he's done yet? I don't think I'm ready. But go on. <clears throat> the New York Post tried to interview Brooks from jails two days before his sentence. This is how it went. <laughs> He hid from the iPad's camera in his jail cell. <laughs> How? With Brooks out of frame, the camera showed a ranting man in an adjacent cell who stared and squinted to get a look at the reporter, saying, No one's going to talk to you, clout chaser. That's what <laughs> someone said to Daryl Brooks. He might die in prison. <laughs> someone might beat him up. After remaining silent for 15 minutes, Brooks suddenly spoke up in the third person, acting as a family friend. Now, he's in jail. <laughs> okay. Why would a family friend be there? He said, if you want to talk to Mr. Brooks, you're going to have to send a check to Mr. Brooks. <laughs> it reminds me of what's the game. Is it Lord of the Rings? Yo, that's... Like, Schmeagol. Oh, Schmeagol. <laughs> if you want to talk to Schmeagol, you have to send Schmeagol a check. <laughs> this is definitely not a Schmeagol. I would have I to ask him how much, but I'm sure it's going to be a pretty penny. Like, that's what I picture in my head. He's, like, literally in his cell. Like, <laughs> he's, like, he's, like, not on camera. Yeah. He's talking from the side because he's pretending to be someone else. <laughs> like, he's crouched but, like, on his bed. like, do you think bed. he's doing these things to try to get, like... Yes. Yes. In- insanity. Yes. This was two days before his sentencing. Schmeagol. Sarah Brooks. I don't think it's fair to him to give free interviews when he's not getting compensated for it. You should kill people. Yeah, yeah. I hope no one puts money in this commissary. <laughs> the only thing that I could say is, if you want to interview, you're going to have to pay. You have a great day. God bless you. <laughs> you got to pay the troll toll. And he went silent for the <laughs> for the remainder of the 25 minutes on the call. Um, like what? Later, Lieutenant Pierre Burgess from Wakusha County Jail reviewed the video footage. From like their cameras and said that Brooks was the only one in the cell at that oh, time. No, shit. <laughs> like, could they see like in like his full cell? Like yeah. on the camera? I would love to see like how he was actually sitting. <laughs> I feel like he's in the fetal position. I, I see like he's like in a troll in the corner. Like his he's like uh, sitting with his feet on the toilet seat. You got to pay the troll toll. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the New York Post wants to know that they do not pay for interviews. They want to make it clear. They yeah, do not no, pay no for shit. interviews. Um, You're like, maybe I could buy those Fritos at the commissary if they give me money. And as we know, he plans to appeal his conviction. What else is no? Um, and I just want to say, 
the more attention you give to this man, the crazier he's going to get. The, the, the more he's allowed to speak. I'm all about the First Amendment. Just for Dale Brooks. <laughs> but doesn't mean we have to give in to it. It doesn't mean we have to interview him. It doesn't mean we have to. No. Um, but, like, people probably want to interview him because they're like, what crazy shit is he going to say on our exactly. news interview when it's going to go viral? I think it's the more he speaks, the more it takes away from the victims. Oh, absolutely. And, like, he's not crazy. He's conning us right now. He's conning us. The crazy you are, the more media attention you get. For all we know, he did all of this for attention. Possibly. While it's entertaining, the meat of the case should be reported on, and we should just silence Mr. Brooks. Right. We're not paying the troll toll. Goddamn man is wild. I am all about the First Amendment. Do not get me wrong. He could say whatever he wants. That doesn't mean we have to listen and hear it. And that is my Daryl Brooks update. He is something else. He is something else. I would love to know more background on like him before this happened. Like, was he always like I mean, fucked up? He was like a career criminal, so yeah. But like, was he always saying crazy shit? I don't know. He's he, he freaking impregnating a minor. <laughs> That's true. How much crazier can you get? That's true. That's true. Well, I have a pretty heavy case today, so. I, I don't know if you're ready for it. I don't think you're I'm ready for not. this jelly. Um, so my case today is about the recent um, University of Idaho murders. I purposely did not watch anything on this because I knew you were doing it. There's, like, not a lot known right now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of theories floating around, but they they pretty much rule out everyone who they could possibly consider a suspect. So... It's crazy, but let's dive in. So, four University of Idaho students were found brutally murdered inside of their home near the school campus in Moscow, Idaho, on Sunday, November 13th. Keep that date in mind just because there's a theory about the date, so just hold on to it. So, all four lived together? There was actually six. Oh. Okay, so there was five girls and one boy. I was going to say, because I knew was, there was a guy. One boy was dating the one girl who lived there. So he was there. Mm. He didn't really live there, but he, he was there. I'm assuming he was there also a lot. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the victims were Kaylee Gonclaves. She was 21 years old. She was a senior um, majoring in general studies. Um, she was also in the Alpha Phi sorority. Um, she was from Rathdrun, Idaho. Um, her sister says that she was ready to start her life. She was graduating in the spring. Um, she bought a new car and she was planning a trip to Europe. No. Yeah. Um, another victim was Madison Mogan. She was also 21 and was from Idaho as well. Um, she was a senior marketing major and a member of the Pi Beta Phi sorority. Um, her and Kaylee were best friends since middle school. Um, they considered each other sisters and did everything together. Like they followed each other to school. And these are the two blondes? Yes. Yeah, these would be the two um, blondes that you see on the news. Mm. <clears throat> um, they were, like, best friends. Like, Yeah, you could tell. By the um, Kaylee's sister, like, said, like, she considered Maddie also a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, she planned to move to Boise in the spring after graduation. Um, she worked at a restaurant called Mad Greek, and she helped to run their social media pages. Oh. She was, you know, a marketing major. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Ethan... Chapin was a 20-year-old from Mount Vernon, Washington. He was a freshman in recreation. That's Washington, D.C.? I feel like it wasn't Washington, D.C. I feel like it was Washington State. Because oh. allegedly they're all close. And I didn't know Idaho was that close, too. Oh, because Mount Vernon 
Washington DC. I was like, I that's the only amount of Vernon I know because I've been there. Yeah, I'm not sure. Either way. Anyway. Go ahead. <clears throat> I will update that. I will look into that. Um, but he was a freshman in recreation, sports, and tourism management. He was a member of the Sigma Chi fraternity. And what's really heartbreaking about Ethan is he was a triplet in a very tight knit family. No. Yep. So there's they're twins. Well, I think they're still triplets. But they're twins, yeah. Still triplets. Um <clears throat> and the other victim was Xana Kernoodle Kernodal. Um, she was a twenty year old junior marketing major from Avondale, Arizona. She was also a member of Arendale? the not Arendale. She was also a member of the Pi Beta Phi sorority. Um, that was the one that Maddie was in as well. Mm-hmm. And she did work with Maddie at um, the Mad Greek restaurant too. So mm-hmm. like, I guess that it was all like yeah intertwined. And she was the one who was her and Ethan were dating. Mm-hmm. Um, at eleven fifty eight a.m. on November thirteenth. A phone call came from the house for an unconscious person. Um, this phone call came from one of the surviving, because there was two other roommates uh-huh. who survived this attack unharmed and allegedly what? didn't hear anything. What? They were in the house. So they did it. Well, let's get there. Um, <clears throat> so the, the phone call came from one of the surviving two roommates' um, phones, but they're not sure who actually called because the surviving two roommates had called their friends to come over. Because they believed that one of the roommates on the second floor had passed out and was not waking up. Oh, so they were just like, they passed out. Yeah, they just thought that they had passed out. So that's why they called for an unconscious person. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they, like, maybe the door was locked to the room and they couldn't get in and Uh, no one was waking up. mm -hmm. Because uh, they didn't mention anything about seeing blood. Mm -hmm. And according to police, the scene was a bloodbath. So, but that's how police got involved. They got a call for an unconscious person. And when the police arrived, they found Maddie and Kaylee stabbed to death in their beds on the third floor of the house. And Ethan and Zana were stabbed to death in their beds on the second floor. Uh, most of the students had defensive wounds. Um, there were multiple stab wounds to their chests um, with what police described as like a really large knife. Like almost like a Rambo Do style you knife. know where the other two's bedrooms were? Yeah. So there was... Two roommates who slept on the third floor, mm-hmm. two roommates who slept on the second floor, and two roommates who slept on the, the basement, or would be the first floor. Mm-hmm. The way the house is set up is, like, weird. Mm-hmm. So, like, from the back of the house, it must be on a hill, so you would immediately enter into the second floor. Oh, okay. But from the front of the house, you would immediately enter into the first floor. Okay. So, it's, like, a weird setup. So, like, the, the I'm trying to map this out for you. I wish, I need strings. Mm-hmm. Two roommates were over here on the first floor, second floor, two roommates, third floor, two roommates. Uh-huh. So, yeah. So, they said it was a really large knife. Um, police are now reporting that they're focusing in on the Kabar brand knife. This is like a military-style combat knife. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been asking around places um, to see if, like, anyone had recently sold one of these knives. I believe they were also looking into... Um, the school's ROTC program to see if one maybe had oh. been stolen or reported missing. Um, when the police got there, they said the scene was covered in blood. Um, there was so much blood that there are pictures online you could look up and you could see that the blood was oozing onto the outside of the home, outside walls of the home. Wait, wait, wait. So it's going through the walls? Yeah. You didn't see the picture? No, I didn't look up anything. But yeah, you could look that up online. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no sign of forced entry into the home. 
at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had like an automatic lock on the the home on like their doors, like similar to like one that I have like with the code on it. Mm-hmm. So they would need a code to get in, and that was not damaged at all either. Wasn't damaged. Nothing. Nothing was damaged. No sign of forced entry. Nothing was broken. Nothing was stolen from the home. Nothing. And they put the approximate time of death between um, 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Hmm, I see the war. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. Like there was so much blood that it was oozing onto the outside walls. But it wasn't oozing under the door inside. The roommate, as far as we know, whether the police are keeping it close to the chest right now mm-hmm. the roommates did not see any blood they just reported an unconscious person that's what the call came in for mm-hmm. um so police have you know then put together a timeline of the um last movements of all the roommates um on saturday november 12th at eight fifty-seven p.m kaylee posted a happy picture on instagram posing with all the roommates mm-hmm. Um, it was taken on the porch of the home, and the photo captioned, one lucky girl to be surrounded by these people every day. So all six of them. All six of them in one picture. Mm-hmm. At 8.57 p.m. was posted. Okay. Of all of them saying how she's so lucky to, to be with all of them. That's a little weird. Isn't that crazy? It's a little weird. Um, from about 10 p.m. to 1.30 a.m., Maddie and Kaylee were at a bar, a bar called the Corner Club. Mm-hmm. Um, before they arriving home, they stopped at a local food truck. Um, this was called the Grub Wandering Kitchen. Um, this was around 1.40 a.m. They can be seen like on video footage here. Mm-hmm. Um, in this footage, because they released the footage, uh, many people questioned the one man in particular in the footage um, and thought that maybe he was a suspect because he was kind of like following them around, following them wherever they go, they mm-hmm. went. Um, he has been ruled out as a suspect and it's actually um kaylee's on again off again boyfriend his name was jack oh so he was rolled out Mm -hmm. but jack comes up later too uh the pair was then taken home by a rideshare driver assuming like an uber or a lyft um and they arrived at home at 156 a.m and they also ruled the driver out as a suspect so they're just fucking ruling everybody out (laughs) so then who was so but what was weird is kaylee had made seven calls to her on again off again boyfriend jack between 2.26 a.m. and 2.52 a.m. Were they drunk? And they were out drinking, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's weird is they they have the, the 2.26 a.m. and 2.50, like, there seven calls placed between those time frames. Mm-hmm. And they placed the time of death between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. Huh. Isn't that crazy? Jack never answered these calls because he was asleep. So was she saying there's someone in the house, please come? I don't know. It doesn't sound like they if, – if they left voicemails, we don't have that information yet. Mm-hmm. But right now, there were just seven calls placed, and he did not answer them. In a short period of time. Yeah. And again, he was ruled out as a suspect even after finding out this information. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, if he's asleep and – But imagine, like, how, imagine would, how he feels. Yeah, I would think that she knew something was going on. Yeah, I mean, it could go either way. Like, is she calling him to come over? Like, is she drunk and just calling him and calling him? But seven times him? is, like, a lot. Yeah. Was something wrong? Did she think someone was in the house? Mm-hmm. But why did she call him and not? 911. Yeah. Like, maybe she was just scared and didn't Maybe she heard she... something and she's like, I don't know. I just want him to come over and check it out. Yeah. Very much could be. I don't know. Weird. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Ethan and Zana were also out that night at a frat party, which um, if you look at a map, you could actually see the frat house from their house. So it was like right down the road, just a little bit. Um, they left the house at about 9.45 p.m. They arrived home at 1.45 a.m. and went to the second floor of the house to sleep. So mm-hmm. Maddie and Kaylee, third floor, Zana and Ethan, second. Mm-hmm. And they all died between three and four. Mm-hmm. Yes. What is weird about this, though, is so they were seen at this frat party at 9.45 p.m., mm-hmm. but, like, there's a huge gap in the timeline between 9.45 and 1.45 where nobody can place them. Huh. Yeah. So were they just at this frat party and just no nobody really thought anything of it? They mm-hmm. just didn't pay attention? Could be. Like, were they there the whole time? But there's a huge time gap there that is, like, unaccounted for with them. Huh. But, I mean, they're they're not considering any of the victims. Like, they're not considering murder-suicide. They're no. Not, I mean, how would they you stab yourself, out. like, that much? Yeah. So the two surviving roommates, um, Beth Bethany Funk and Dylan Mor- Morti- Mortensen, um, they were also out that night, mm-hmm. but arrived home at 1 a.m. They mm-hmm. went downstairs to their rooms, and they alleged that they didn't hear anything that sounded like a struggle, and they have also been ruled out of suspects. How? I don't know. But I did see an interview with someone who previously lived at this uh, house mm-hmm. and his room was in the first floor and he said you couldn't hear anything okay. from the second and third floors. Well, if, especially if it's like a basement type. Yeah. They said you wouldn't be able to hear anything. So he kind of corroborated, corroborated their story. Mm-hmm. Um, Kaylee had also had a dog, an Australian Shepherd in the house. Yeah. Um, yeah. His name. Uh, don't tell me. Don't his tell me. name was Murphy. Um, Murphy was not harmed during sex. Good. Um, no one had made reports that they heard barking. You would think like... But was, where was Murphy this whole time? He must have been at the house. That's what I mean. Like nobody... It's almost like maybe it was someone who has been to the house before because the dog didn't bark at them. Mm-hmm. But then again, maybe he did bark and... The, if you didn't the, hear the, murder... Yeah, if you didn't like, hear anything. You know what I mean? But you'd think that he would try to attack them. You would think. Unless he was locked away somewhere. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Unless it's somebody that they, like, I could see someone they knew putting the dog in, like, the bathroom or something. I mean, and... either, even if you know my dog, my dog is, like, fuck around and find out. So. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is, like, I feel like if he was around while Kaylee was being attacked, hmm. he would have been hurt, too, because he would have tried to stop. Yeah, but he was unharmed. Because Australian shepherds are really smart, too. Yeah, they are. So, um, the police have been looking at the back of the house as a seeming entry point for the killer. Like I said, the the back, the way the house is set up, the front yeah, of the house. Yeah, just looked up. Yeah, you can see like the there's a sliding glass door on the back of the house, mm-hmm. and then there's also like a door on the front of the house. Mm-hmm. So it's like up on a hill. Yeah. But behind the house, um, it leads to a lot, like a wooded lot. Mm-hmm. So they're thinking that the killer made their entrance. And that would make sense as to why he didn't go to the first floor. He might not have known anyone was down there. Well, that's the thing. Um, you know, did he not did not know that there was a first floor and just went to the second and the third? Mm-hmm. Or was it a targeted attack and he only wanted those victims and didn't even bother to go to the first floor? But, I mean, if you're on a killing spree like that, you're going to kill yeah, everybody. You're going to kill everybody. So I'm thinking- but imagine being those two surviving roommates. They're probably traumatized for the rest of their yeah, life. because I'm thinking he might they, just, He killed them in, like, another sense. Like, the way the house is built, he could have just been like, it's a basement. 
Yeah. There's no one down there. But there's a, there, exactly. So if he didn't know the house previously, he might have just thought it was a basement. Mm-hmm. Like if he was never in the house before. Yeah. And didn't know the girls. And, and that's terrifying if you're those two down there. Exactly. To wake up and know what had happened upstairs and you and didn't it, hear anything. And it's one person. Like, I, but it's almost better that they didn't hear anything and didn't go try to go do anything because then they would have been murdered too. Yeah. Unless it was targeted. But yeah, then like, they yeah. probably would have been collateral. Exactly. So this is really all the information we have right now about this case. There is um, not a lot. I had a question, but now it's gone. Okay. Well, maybe it'll come back up. Yeah. Um, but there are several theories. For one, it is rumored that Kaylee had a stalker. Oh. Um, but police are not able to confirm this right now, but many of Kaylee's friends said that she made several comments feeling that she had a stalker. Hmm. Which is just, like, a weird thing. Like, you don't just say that. Yeah. Um, there is also um, an eerily similar case that happened in the neighboring state of Oregon, which, for some reason, I had no idea that Oregon and Idaho were... Oregon. 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 Anyways. <laughs> um, I didn't know that they were next to each other. But anyways, in the early hours of August 13th, 2021. So the 13th. 2021. This was a year later. A year before. Uh-huh. Yeah. Travis and Jamie Lynn Jutton woke up to find someone in their bedroom wielding a knife. Jamie Lynn survived being stabbed 19 times. Her husband, Travis, fought off the attacker but was pronounced dead at the scene. More than a year later, the killer is still at large. Do we think, like, it was one person because this is four different people? Right now, it seems like they're just focusing on one person, but they don't have any information to say yes or no. Because, like, my thought process is he'd go for... Ethan? Ethan then first because he's the guy mm-hmm. if they knew who lived in the house yeah but even if you just walk into a bedroom you could see that there's a guy there yeah i don't know because i'm saying there's like there's two people were they all separate like were kaylee and manny in separate rooms or was the same room? i know that um zana and ethan were in the same room mm-hmm. i can't speak to maddie and kaylee because if, if it were separate rooms, then I understand. But, like, if there's two people... Yeah, but, I mean, it was said that I think Xana was the one who had the most defensive wounds on her. So, maybe... She was fighting. Yeah. I can't even imagine what that would look like, though. I, I, I don't want to imagine. But, like, I don't, I don't know. The killer must have some kind of wounds on himself as well. Yeah. But... Yeah, so the killer is still at large for the case in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Eerily similar. Middle of the night. Stabbed. Large knife. The 13th. Weird. Yeah. Super weird. Police haven't confirmed, like, whether this is connected. Obviously not, because they fucking know shit. Mm-hmm. Um, a former FBI profiler, Jim Clemente, I think that's how you say the name? Mm-hmm. I feel like I've heard that name before. Um, released what he believes about the killer. So he's an FBI profiler, so... This is what he believes. He believes that the suspect is a younger man and a first-time killer who knew at least one of the victims. Hmm. Um, He states that this is an extremely risky crime for the offender unless he knows one or more of the victims, or he's been stalking one of them. Because if he was stalking one of them, then he knows about all of them. Mm -hmm. Going into an occupied dwelling with six young adults, any of whom could have a knife, a gun, or a cell phone, is extremely risky unless you know the circumstances inside. Mm-hmm. Or you're a complete psychopath. <laughs> but still doesn't understand why he didn't go downstairs. Exactly. So if you knew the house, why? 
unless for some reason you're targeting these four specific people. Mm-hmm. But it was also weird. It's like, like they were I'm... all friends, but it seems like Xana and Ethan have nothing to do with Kaylee. And like, they were completely different places. Seems like they had totally different agendas. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but then like looking online, it seems like the four of them were closer than the six of them. Like just in these pictures. like they Yeah, it does seem like them. that. Yeah. But or those just the pictures they're producing yeah. because like I've seen a lot of the all the girls together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So right now, police believe that it is a targeted attack and there is no threat to the community. But of course, they're going to say that not to cause panic. Oh, 100 percent. Although they have no motive. Yeah. No suspects. Yep. And they don't even know whether it was committed by one person or multiple people. I like I would be no because Bundy's done it. Like yeah. I'm like four people. It's a lot. But that's why I, I don't necessarily agree with the profiler saying that if it's one person, that it's the first-time offender. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's ballsy. That they'll take on four people at once. Unless there's just blind rage. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy. So this happened right before Thanksgiving break, obviously, and they ended up sending all of the kids on campus home. Makes sense. But now they have no information, and now students are coming back from Thanksgiving break, and it's kind of like widespread panic. Yeah, like what they're allowing kids to come back. Yeah, they're they're coming back. It is weird that there are no reports of the dog barking, no forced entry, nothing was taken, as if it was like a burglary gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, someone kind of had to know the layout of the house, or maybe they didn't. Mm-hmm. Like if they were just on a murder spree. Like, like you said, they might have just thought that downstairs was a basement, not bedrooms. Yeah. This is my personal take. And I think this, to me, makes the most sense. So Kaylee said she had a stalker. So I believe that someone was watching the house from the wooded back lot. Because if you look, I don't know if you still have pictures pulled up. Mm-hmm. I'll post pictures of the house, too. Um, so, like, that's the, that's the front of the house, mm-hmm. which would be the first floor. Yeah. Back here is the second if you look at the back of the house, there's a sliding glass door on the second floor and a sliding glass door on the first floor mm-hmm. or on the third floor. And all of the windows are on the back of the house. Yeah. So I believe that someone was watching the house from that back wooded lot. Mm-hmm. They would have direct access to see through the sliding glass door, the windows back there. Um, it could be someone who knew them or just someone watching them for a while. But the, the wooded lot kind of gives you a direct sightline to those windows and that door. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that this person was watching them, gathering their movements. They knew when they all arrived home. And this is when they, you know, watched them. They probably saw when the lights went out for when they went to sleep. Say he was following Kaylee mm-hmm. even before. They were the last ones to come home. They were the last ones to come home. Yeah, you're right. So even if he was just following Kaylee that night. Yep. Because the downstairs were the first. Yeah. But if you look, like, you would not be able to see anybody on the first floor. Yeah. From that back lot. Mm -mm. Or any movement on the first floor. Yeah. So I believe that, you know, he saw when they went to sleep. Um, This is the reason why he didn't know about the roommates on the first floor, because he had no sight line to the first floor. Mm -hmm. Um, So then he attacked when he saw that they all went to sleep and attacked them. Yeah, once the lights were out. Yeah, but if he was just stalking Maddie, why does he also go after the other roommates? Oh, I thought he was stalking Kaylee. Or Kaylee, that's what I meant to say. Why was he, why did he kill the other roommates? Because maybe he thought they were the only ones in the house. Yeah. 
Like maybe it's just, ooh, if it was a stalker to Kaylee, first of all, why'd he kill her? Yeah. Second of all, probably because he couldn't have her. But um, maybe he didn't want it to look like a stalking case. But it also, to me, seems very far-fetched that but this like, is a college-age he... yeah. kid. And like, my maybe he wasn't. Yeah, he, he might not have been. It could, just because they're a stalker doesn't mean they're college age. That's true. And my whole thing is, like, wouldn't they have gone after Jack, too, though? Because wasn't Jack Kaylee's boyfriend? Yeah, but he wasn't I know, there. but if if it's a stalker, they're going to be jealous of that guy. That guy's going to cause them rage because yeah. they want what he can't have. Yeah. So my thought process would well, he go after Jack, too. But Jack was fine. Jack was home sleeping. Unless he's just, like... You are cheating on me, so I'm going to go after you. But it's just crazy to think that nobody saw anything. Like, this is a college town. People are up at 3 or 4 in the morning oh, still. Oh, yeah. And, like, this guy would have... I'm assuming it's a man. I, I, I keep saying he, home. but it could... We don't know that if it's definitely he or not, but... I'm 23. I'm not in college. Sometimes I get home at 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I mean, this guy would have had to be covered in blood. But if you look at the wooded lot, mm-hmm. right behind the, the tree line there is a parking lot. So, did he park his car behind the wooded lot, run through the wooded lot, sit in the wooded lot, wait for them to go to sleep, go in, then make his escape back out through that way? But But how does it explain the 4th century? Did they just not lock the door? Unless they... Did they forget to lock the door? And there's no way of knowing if they brought someone home? Um, It doesn't seem like, by all accounts, that obviously Zana and Ethan did not bring anybody home. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the people on the first floor, but it doesn't sound like it. And when they were dropped off by the, the ride chair driver, they was just the two girls. Mm-hmm. But And the only they person change... they were with at the grub truck was Jack, and he went home. I mean, could they have... You said it was a code? I believe, yeah. Like an automatic it lock. So somehow... yeah, it's an automatic lock, so it would have automatically locked the door. Or mm-hmm. did they somehow get in the house before... Maybe they didn't lock their door or whatever, or he's stalking them long enough to know what the code is. That's what I'm saying is even that's why I like it depends on the thing. If it's a button, sometimes the code can like the thing could wear off. Or like mine is like more of a touch screen. Yeah. Cause I have a coded lock. But if like the, I was just at an Airbnb and it was like a button. Yeah. So if there's a button, the buttons can wear off. Yeah, mine's a button. I didn't think about that. So maybe he just saw what was pressed. Or or he just was watching them long enough to know what the code was. Do they change it from year to year? Oh, maybe. If they never changed it in years, then that gives a lot more people to know what the code is. Exactly. So. Or was he in the house before they got home? Yeah, was he already in the house? Was Maybe they left their door unlocked or a door unlocked for when they got home. Mm-hmm. Which is so weird because the dog was there. Mm-hmm. Unless maybe, like, you know, sometimes you leave the house, you leave your dog, like, somewhere where he can't get to anything. That's true. So maybe she left her dog that they weren't home. Or maybe at night they locked him in a cage. Like, I know a lot of people do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just there's a lot of unanswered questions in this case. Mm -hmm. And it's a very tragic case. And I really hope we do get to the bottom of this one. I'm sure we will. I, I, I hope... With every fiber of my being, that the police have more information and they're just holding it tight right now. 
Good, they should hold it tight. I believe they should because, like, there's so many cases that have been poked holes in because yeah, the police didn't hold shit tight. Yeah, but I mean, I can't imagine being those two roommates. I can't even imagine being a kid on this campus and going back to school. Yeah, anyone who even like going back to classes and Kaylee, they're not there. And I mean, I can't imagine Kaylee's ex-boyfriend on again off again boyfriend whatever you want to call him like how the guilt he feels that he did not answer those phone calls that day mm-hmm. and then the triplets like twin telepathy is real they lost a whole part of them exactly it's just a lot it's 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 a very tough case it's a lot it is it is a whole lot yeah so we will hopefully have more information on this and it's just so sad it's just so they're all, and they're all, the, the, the girls. They're beautiful. They're fucking gorgeous, all three of them. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Like, I wouldn't even say they're in their 20s. Tw- like, I would say they're a little bit older. Like, I would put them at, like, 24, 25. Yeah, but they were 21. Yeah. Crazy. And then he kind of looks like Morgan Wallen. He kind of does. He kind of does. Yeah. If he had a little bit longer hair, I could totally see that. Yeah. So that's that case. Oh, now that I left you on a very tragic note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Kelly, take it away. All right, I don't even have it up because we were, <laughs> we were Googling. <laughs> All right, so on March 7th, 2019, Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department, LVMPD, that's a lot. That's too much. Yeah. Too You're much. doing too much. Like, NYPD, cool. LVMPD, no. What's the M stand for? Metropolitan? Oh, do we have to include that? LVPD. I think, I think it means, like, like the... more than just Las Vegas. Viva! Is it, is it like, one Viagra. of those things that I don't understand about California? Where there's, like, a Las Vegas, or Los Angeles County, and there's Los Angeles, and I'm like, is it the same thing? Am I confused? Well, there's a Luzerne County, Pennsylvania, and a Luzerne. Yeah, but that's, like, a little borough. Is it Luzerne and Luzerne County? Yeah. Hmm. There's also Philadelphia County, but it's not Philadelphia. Yeah. What what county is Philadelphia? I I was literally just there this weekend. Allegheny. I I forgot to say that. What? Is it Pittsburgh, Allegheny? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll go with it. But Philadelphia County is not Philadelphia. <clears throat> yep. A body was discovered in the trunk of an abandoned Mercedes Benz. Abandies. <laughs> an abandoned Mercedes Benz on a desert road near the entrance of Lake Mee National Recreational Area in southeastern Nevada. It's always a recreational area. Always a fucking national fucking recreational area. We're gonna die. Everyone needs to die. We're all gonna die. Why are you going with this? Are you okay? <laughs> no, because like, like I was thinking. Miss Gabby Petito, and so many die, people die at national parks. Well, like, you ever see the TikToks and, like, podcasts about it? Like, there's, like, shit going down in the national parks, and no one is talking about yeah, it. Have you seen the map? Have you seen the map? The map? The map? Of what? Of, like, like where abductions were. They're all, like, No, all now we need to talk. Do we need a national parks podcast? Yes, we're adding it to the list. We got conspiracies. <laughs> we got national got parks. <laughs> you come up with one every single podcast. <laughs> I do. Anyway, the car was reported by a man driving by with his kids because it looks suspicious. Well, yeah, an abandoned Mercedes Benz in the middle of the desert. Yeah, that would be a little. Oh, mm. There's also a rock thrown through the window. 
Well, that could have been after the fact. Yeah. We never saw a car in the woods and threw rocks at it. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, my next thing is, I'm just saying, like, good on these people, because, like, I wouldn't have called. I see abandoned cars every single day. You're just like, da 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 There's a Mercedes Benz. You would have been like, Mercedes? Mercedes? I don't know. I guess our area is kind of shitty, because there's abandoned vehicles everywhere. Yeah, there is. Yeah. So I wouldn't have called. But good on these people. Maybe he had a sixth sense or something. Maybe. I feel like sometimes that happens. Like, something you wouldn't think is, like, out of the ordinary, but, like, for some reason that day you feel like, okay, maybe I should do something about this. Or maybe he's just one of those people that called about everything. I have a friend that calls about everything. <laughs> the police? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is from the police. Um, so the question is... Yeah, I did say that. Remember, there's a body in the trunk. Yes. I, th- I feel like I skipped over that part, but I didn't. But it was just like, with everything else, it was embedded in there. So did the guy get out of the car and open the trunk and find the body, or he waited for police? He waited for police. I thought you meant the body. Did he get out of the car? I was like, no, Amy. He did not rise from the dead and get out of the car. No. That's um, not what I was funny. So the question is, whose body is this? That is a great question. Do we find out? Oh, yes. Ooh. That's my next question. The body belonged to 71-year-old Ugh. Dr. Thomas Rouchard. Oh, the doctor. Dr. Thomas. Dr. <clears throat> Tommy. He was from Salinas, California, where he worked as a child psychiatrist. Oh, how did he get in the trunk? We'll find out how he got in the trunk. Sir, what extracurriculars are you participating in? His girlfriend, Julia Earp, long-term girlfriend. Earp. Earp. White Earp. What? Who's White Earp? Why do I know him? I have no idea. I want to say it's like one of like Pop's country country western movies oh, i have no idea wider um said he had a fi- not wider julia Earp. <laughs> so he's not he's not married he has a girlfriend how old is said girlfriend i don't know i'm assuming around his age okay so Older. it's not scandalous. It said long term so it's not scandalous oh, we get scandalous. <clears throat> okay i'm just trying to piece together some scandal here um he had an affinity for magic oh and would often perform tricks because he's a child psychiatrist Mm-hmm. He would often often perform tricks for his young people to help bond with them. Oh well, that's, so I guess that's like, like a tactic. It seemed to me he learned magic to bond with them. <clears throat> yeah, I guess that explains why he's in Vegas. Is he like going to a magic show? No. Oh, okay. During their treatment, um, he she's quoting as saying, "Whoever did this is just soulless." Did um, they say how he was killed, or we'll get there? That's what this whole case is. What? How he was murdered? No shit. Yeah. So but, like, I, how did he die? We'll find out. <laughs> Yikes. Man. I felt like a cause of death. <sighs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now that we're back on schedule, Earp was the person who reported Richard missing after he did not return from his Las Vegas trip. How long was he missing for? He traveled to Las Vegas on March 1st, and his phone was last used on the 3rd. His body was found on the 2nd. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. His autopsy report. Me too. I was waiting for this. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> ruled that he died from multiple blunt force trauma rooms to the head. Oh. And it was obviously a homicide. Oh. Obviously blunt force trauma to the head. Yeah. You know, his body's in a trunk. Yeah, it leads, leads yeah, you to believe it's leads homicide. homicide. Yep. Maybe not. Maybe not. But that would be my guess. So my next question. 
Is why was Mans in Las Vegas? Why is he in a trunk? Questions. Because he went to Las Vegas by himself. <clears throat> oh, did he? His girlfriend's back home. Oh, that sounds scandalous in and of itself. It was. Oh, okay. According to multiple sources, he was heading there to end his relationship with ex-playboy Italia and Maxim Mano, self-proclaimed, 25-year-old Kelsey Turner. Why did I think when you said Playboy that my mind went to men and I was thinking about the Chippendales and not Playboy? No, Playboy. <clears throat> and it's So Mans is a player if he was dating Playboy models. Mm. And he had a girlfriend. And he's 71. Mm. Um, and she's self-proclaimed on Facebook and Instagram. For what does that mean? Like she said, she was a Maxim and Playboy model. Oh, but she really wasn't. We don't know. Oh, she just said, like, this is what I, I get am. to it, but, like, people reached out to Playboy <laughs> to see if she actually was. And Playboy was like, uh, no. And they just didn't return. Well, they were probably like, I don't want to deal with this. Yeah, exactly. Apparently, Turner and Bouchard had an intimate relationship. Ugh. Ew. And even though both of them had other relationships other than the individual involved. Like, she had a boyfriend, he had a girlfriend. Mm. But they were. I feel like it's always weird when people go to, like, break things off. I feel like that's when shit happens yeah um apparently he told his girlfriend Bouchard told his girlfriend that he was going to tie up loose ends with Turner in Las Vegas so she knew I was gonna say because my next sentence it seems like his girlfriend knew about the relationship in the way she was acting but it was said he was his long-term girlfriend so I was confused Bouchard and Turner apparently had relationship for two years oh so how long were him and julia together just a long term weird that she was okay with him going too mm-hmm. i'd be like nah i'm gonna go i'll break it off for you yeah he's i don't know what long term means like i'm assuming like 20 years. but i guess the long term to someone could be a year but then it says they lasted two years so i'm assuming long term means more than two years i don't know though um he was paying for her apartment oh, boy. for almost a year when she lived in Salinas, California, where he lives. Oh, so she, like, moved there. Mm-hmm. When she moved to Las Vegas, she expected the same thing, but Richard was going there to cut her off. So man's had money. Man's had man's was a child psychiatrist. Mm. Yeah. One source said Richard abruptly stopped paying Turner's apartment, <clears throat> which was $3,200 a month. That's a lot. In the fall of... 2018 and it left her two children and her mother evicted oh so she's got kids involved in this whole thing too that's what one source said the other ones just said he was paying for apartment in las vegas and salinas so i'm not sure is that expensive for las vegas i don't know well that one was in salinas oh i wonder if that's like expensive like is it like a lavish apartment i don't know i didn't know not that that matters but i'm just curious (laughs) i mean she's an ex playboy model so i'm assuming Allegedly. Allegedly. Another source stated that Judy Earp herself told CBS Sacramento in 2019 that Turner was struggling and concerned she would be homeless and Bouchard wanted to help. Um, Bouchard helped Turner. So she was okay with him paying for this lady's... Apparently. Like, I'd be like, no, like, put that bitch on the sidewalk. I don't give a like shit. It like some fucked up open relationship. <clears throat> yeah, it does. Weird. I don't like those. I would never. I'm too possessive. Sorry, we know. Sorry about it. <laughs> You're even more so. Don't even get me started. <laughs> Turner um, found her an apartment and eventually began paying for her rent, is what Judy said. 
Is it Judy or Julia? Did I say Julia before? I thought that's what you said. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I just took it as Julia. Hmm. In my peanut brain. Hmm. There was also an account that said Turner was upset by images and messages saved on Bouchard's phone. Who was upset? Chelsea Turner. Oh, okay, okay. Though it did not specify what these messages were. And why would she be upset if he knew? If she had a boyfriend, he had a girlfriend. Yeah, weird. Yeah, super weird. Two weeks after the body was found, Kelsey Turner, her roommate, Diane Penna, and her boyfriend, John Kensington, who they called Logan, oh. <laughs> were arrested in connection with the murder. Okay. Someone who calls himself Logan is just... If, you, if Logan's not your actual name, and yeah, you're like, why? I'm going to go by Logan. You're a douche. You're, you're, you're something. Sorry to all the Logans out there. Yeah. Not the actual name, Logan. Just like when you call yourself Logan. Just go, I don't know anyone who would call themselves just Logan. Like, who does that? Mm, John Kensington. <laughs> John Kensington specifically. Yeah. Um, Penna pleaded guilty to being accessory to murder, and she testified that what went down that night. You ready? I don't think you're ready for this jelly. I don't think you're ready for this jelly. Las Vegas Review Journal reported that Penna fight. Penna fight. <laughs> Penna testified that when Kensington. She saw Kensington strike Bouchard with a bat after a heated argument with Turner. They originally planned to take Bouchard to the hospital, but had a change of heart while Turner... And after a while, Turner asked Kensington to knock Thomas out, which he much did much more than that. And she then she saw Kensington covered in blood. So Kensington is whose boyfriend? Turner's. Oh. She said, Thomas had a big red light purple bruise on his head. Um, Luge? And, <laughs> what did I say? Bruce. Bruce. And then I took the bat from Logan. Logan started wrestling with Tom, and I, I told him to calm down, but he was clearly hurt. So Logan calmed, like stopped, and he was on top of him for a little while, and then he got up. <clears throat> Thomas said that he wouldn't tell if anyone asked, but he got, he would, he would, if anyone asked, he would tell that he would got mugged so Ken, Kelsey wouldn't get in trouble. But then they started taking longer to look for his jacket. And he said that he they were probably going to kill him. That's what Penna said. The roommate. How old? How old is she? Penna. Yeah. Well, the um, the Turner and well, how old are these people? Like, Kelsey's twenty five. I believe Penna was like thirty two. Mm-hmm. Um. And what's fucking Logan? I think he's around twenty five too. Oh, so they're brutally killing this old ass man. Yeah. Weird. Penna says she tried to tell Turner to stop, but she ran into the garage and came out and said it was too late. I asked her what she meant, and Logan came out with blood all over him. That's crazy. Yep. So she got charged with accessory. Murder. She didn't call anyone. Yeah. She didn't do anything. But then she said... He was covered in blood, blood spatter all over his face, and he was clutching a blood-soaked gun. But Richard wasn't shot. Oh. It was just the baseball bat to the head. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. Which is a fucking brutal death. Oh, yeah. Because it's going to take more than two or three swings to kill you. Yeah. Like, you have to beat this man to death. Ugh, I don't even want to think about it. Kennison reported guilty to second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. 
He was sentenced to 18 to 45 years in July of 2022. Wow. Henderson's reportings, Paravic defenders Darian Imlay and David Lopez Negrete wrote in a sentencing memorandum that Kensington stood no chance with Turner. After he met her in February 2019. Oh. Saying he, they stood no chance. Yeah. Logan's error in judgment was becoming entangled with a master manipulator he could not rebuff, the memorandum said. He was in love with her. Logan's violence thus was a crime of passion. Turner's frenzy fueled him. Her friends leave calls for bloodless. It sealed Dr. Bouchard's unjustified fate. Do we ever find out, like, <clears throat> how they met? No. Yeah. Like, I, I want to know, like, the details of their relationship. I don't know. They must have been doing something. It must have been, like, a sugar daddy situation. Yeah, because it's weird that, Cause like, it I seems like, like her boyfriend knew about him. It seems like the classic trope of, like, I'm going to be a model, and then gets, like, two gigs, and then... Is a model. That's her personality trait for the rest of her life. Yeah, even though, like, she was never actually a model. model. I would love to know if she really was a playboy. Mm. It was also stated that the bloody bat was found in the car. And the car had been linked to Turner. I was going to say, who was Mercedes, was it? Um, there are also both Turner's and Penna's fingerprints on the car. Oh. Which but where is, does Logan come into Which is... Besides killing him. He I think just he just killed him. He just didn't participate in... Yeah. Which, like, it's the case. Like, you're going to leave your car there with yeah, your fingerprints really and the bat. Why would you even leave the car there? It's Why wouldn't you dumb. just throw him in the middle of the desert? Yeah, like... Animals were probably eaten. Is that just my thought process? His body would decompose rapidly. Yeah, what what is the what is the the theory behind leaving their car? If that makes no sense. They're fucking dumb. I see She's that. An ex-Playboy model. They don't have the best reputation for being smart. <laughs> <sighs> Turner entered an Alfred plea that at her trial. Do you know what that is? No. Because I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> an Alfred plea. Oh, okay. It doesn't that mean like you're not saying you're guilty. You're saying you're guilty, but you maintain your innocence. Because that makes any sense. Yep. I'll, I'll get to it in a minute. Um, she pleaded, had an Alfred plea at her trial, which occurred in early November of this year. An Alfred plea allows the defendant to plead guilty while still maintaining their innocence. They mainly do this in cases where they know the prosecution has enough evidence for a conviction. So pleading guilty is in mod- audibly, obviously, can't speak today. Admitting that like they committed the crime, but they pleading not guilty will hurt them. Didn't they do this in the West Memphis Three? I actually have that. And look at us. And the odds, because they're pleading, they're saying they're not guilty by pleading guilty because the odds are stacked against against yeah, them. Yeah. And- the most famous Alfred Pre case was in the case of the West Memphis Three, where Damien Eccles, Jesse Miss Kelly, and Jason Baldwin were convicted in the murder of three boys in West Memphis. Arkansas. I wish they didn't, in, in that case, do an Alfred plea. Yeah, because there's... They didn't do it. Because, like, now everyone's like, okay, they definitely did not do it. Yeah. The difference here is that these men were actually innocent, and Kelsey Turner is 100% guilty. I'm surprised they allowed her to do an Alfred plea. Me too. Like, what was the reasoning behind them allowing her to do that? Doesn't say. Turner's sentencing will occur on January 23, 2022, where she faces 10 to 25 years. That's it? That's it. She's up for parole in 10, but can obviously be denied, and she can be held for the full 25. Does this guy have kids? Um, 
Broussard or I don't whatever? I think so. No. It didn't mention any kids. Yeah, I was just wondering if, like, like, obviously, Judy will miss him, but, like, I was just wondering if he had mm-hmm. any other family. Herb believes that the... Like, to fight this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Herb believes that the plea deal is not enough penalty for Turner. If she ends up only serving 10 years, then she will definitely be at the sentencing. Well, in 10 years, she'll only be 35. I mean, she's 29 now. This was 2019. Oh, either way, she'll only be 39. That's mm-hmm. not enough. Nope. You took someone's life away. She said, I believe 100% that she is guilty. My analogy of the whole thing is Kensington may have had the gun, but she pulled the trigger. She's been there for three and a half, and she'll get credit for another six years. I don't think that's enough to reform her at all. I don't think she's reformable. And then I had, to add insult to injury, fuck this bitch. People Magazine tried to confirm that she was a Playboy model, but never heard back. Yeah, probably because she wasn't. She probably just said that. Yeah. I, I think I feel, I feel like I need to look pictures up of her. So that is the story of the ex-Playboy model murderer. That's crazy. Yeah. Alleged. Alleged. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, that seems like it's our episode for the day. Yeah. And we have another special surprise. Coming out. Coming at you. Uh, Probably... Late next week? Yeah. yeah. I'd say so. We'll see. Right. It's a fun one. It's a fun one. It's a fun one again. We love that. Yay! All right. As always, follow us on Instagram at suspishpodcast at gmail. Whoa. No. <laughs> Whoa. No. Don't follow us on Gmail. <laughs> follow us on Instagram at suspishpodcast. Yep. And there you go. email us, because we want to talk to you, at suspishpodcast at gmail.com. There you go. Got, got that yeah. one. Ready? I'm pretty sure that's trademark. Why? By who? Probably not. I didn't even know that was. I just. Yep. Goodbye. <laughs> and I love you. Gotta be strong. Gotta keep on pushing on. It's a climb. There's always gonna be another mountain. I'm always gonna wanna make it move.